and welcome to NFL Only Better. I am Betfair's Kieran O'Connor, joined as always by John Baff and by Mike Carlson. And we are at the the precipice of the Super Bowl, John Baff. We're getting closer. Let's use the the penultimate show of the season. It is, yeah. Unless we do the Pro Bowl, which you're both very keen on doing. Well, uh, we all know it's the, it's the highlight of the NFL calendar every year is the Pro Bowl. Let's be, right. let's be honest. It is. <laughs> the um, skills competition. Yeah. I may watch the Pro Bowl on Sky just to just to see how hype up they can get about. Uh, we're left with the Chiefs at Ravens, Lions at 49ers. Um, if you had told everyone that this time last week, most people would have nodded their head, um, I suppose, uh, because... In reality, that is like three favorites, and then the, the almost pick 'em game that was the Bills. The Bills were technically favorites, um, but it, most people would have said it was a toss of a coin, really. Uh, Mike, of the four losing teams that went out, I suppose the ones that will wake up with the most what ifs will probably be the Bills, wouldn't you say? You know, it's a funny thing because to me, to me, Green Bay probably played the best game of the losers. Um, or, but you could also say Tampa played pretty much as well as they could have. You know, the breakdown for Tampa was when they had to come back late. and Baker just couldn't pull that off against a, a good defense. But Green Bay played pretty well in that game. It did pretty much what they would have expected to do. Um, and I don't think the Niners played particularly well by their standard of play either. But, yeah, I mean – you know, the missed field goal is what will hang over um, Buffalo. But the weird thing about that game was Buffalo completely dot. What was time of possession? Something like 37, 23. Um, Buffalo completely dominated that game. But Kansas City only went to third down, I think, five times the whole game. And most of that was in the fourth quarter. Well, when they were going, so it was it was your almost classic Buffalo couldn't they could they could move the ball downfield, but they couldn't actually generate a chunk play. And to me, the field goal miss isn't the big play of the game. The big play of the game is Stefan Diggs missing that one long mm. play they tried, wow. which, you know, if you take it back, that's what they were doing and got Ken Dorsey fired, probably, you know, <laughs> yeah. Josh Allen was taking deep shots all the time and, and that would put them into second and long and they would have problems. So they decided we'll control the ball more, which is what they did, but they couldn't take the deep chunk plays. I don't think they had a big pass the whole game. You know, Diggs had, I know, four, was it four catches for 28? He, he was like seven yards a catch, something like that. You know, and, and the Niners, the, I'm sorry, the, the um, 49ers, Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the Niners, the 49ers, and the Chiefs. Um, and those 69ers Chiefs, you occasionally talk about. <laughs> uh, well, the unbeated team I played for in college was 1969. <laughs> so we are the 69ers. <laughs> um, but um, and and the the Chiefs got the big the big plays when they needed them, you know, basically. Yeah. And that was the difference, the difference in the game. I that's why I liked the Chiefs going into it you know yeah um so i if i were buffalo i'd feel hard done by sure but but then again i would say look six games ago nobody thought we'd even be here yeah yeah and, and you know what it was good about it i suppose is that there wasn't anything egregious like it wasn't like a stupid flag or a, a thing like the game was played 
pretty well and they just came up short. Although... The only thing I can think of, sorry to go across you there, Kieran, no, was that okay, slightly, John. slightly questionable fake. I know you're a big fan of the old fake punts. I love a fake punt. But it's, see, I don't know, that one, I mean, clearly it obviously, it didn't work. And I know I was it's reading about not. it, reading about it a bit yesterday as well. Apparently the, I can't remember who it was in the Chiefs, but someone on their defense was like, this is a fake, this is a fake. He could just, he could read it from the, from the way they were lining up. So it was never going to work. But it was one of those things as well that, just the fact that it went to Damar Hamlin, who I'm sure our listeners will remember was the subject of a big story pretty much this time last year. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it, that, that seemed to be one of those things where they were just sort of erring on the side of fate and hoping that like the storyline would get them over the line literally, but it just didn't seem to work in this one. And it was a little bit of a, uh, it was a, it was yeah. a damp squib. Let's be honest. It was a big damp squib and it probably didn't affect the scoreline all that much. Obviously they lost possession through it, but yeah, when you lose a three point game, and you and you miss out on a, on a on a fake punt, and you miss out on a pretty kickable uh, penalty. You know that feels. Stefan really, Diggs drops the ball. Stefan exactly. Diggs is free. On... Yeah, yeah, it could have hurt them if Kansas City hadn't handed the ball back to them on McCall Hardman's fumble. That's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that that is the point. Yeah, still pretty funny. Yeah, I do love a fake punt. Best fake punt was uh, Seattle Green Bay. I don't know, like eight nine years ago in the NFC Championship game. That was a great fake punt. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember I mean, them. Aaron's got a scrapbook, actually, of these. Just open them up. Fake punts are, are, (laughs) they they kind of work situationally. They, you know, it's like an inverse proportion as to how much they're expected. But you also have to run it basically either from your, the same look you always run a punt or from something that's so crazily different. The defense defense doesn't know what to do, you know, Uh, but, but usually it's the first that you would prefer. Um, And, you know, if you have a, a punter who can run or a punter who can pass that makes it a lot easier um yeah because that's kind of you know Hamlin yeah. is not i don't know if he's a great runner or anything like that but he wouldn't be kind of a guy i would want from that position going into that punt rush line yeah in the other games john uh very quickly um we'll skip the kind of houston texas baltimore ravens game to kind of run yeah. over we mentioned about going to watch it the final one, I suppose, is is Baker, your boy. Yeah, I mean, that was... Let him bake, bake and shake. What, yeah, that, that was an interesting... Like, I mean, the Lions were... I think Tampa Bay did well to keep it close up until the up until the fourth quarter there. As a, as, a, as a Browns fan, I could just sense the inevitability that Baker Mayfield was going to throw a pick there on that last drive when they needed to, when they needed to win. Like, I've seen that happen so many times <laughs> over the last... Well, since however long he's been in the league for, five years now, I guess. But... um. Yeah, like the better team won there, uh, but like extreme credit to Tampa Bay for keeping it close at this stage of the offseason off coming out of that week division that they did. They showed up and as well. I think that just to, in a way, I kind of knocked Baker Mayfield there, but I think he's pretty much punched his ticket to another starting job, be it at Tampa or I don't know who's looking for it, maybe Atlanta or someone like that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around in Tampa Bay next season as well, because they got him on a cheap you know, $4 million one-year contract. He's earned a little bit better than that now, I think. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to have to pay. I mean, this is always the question with quarterbacks, you know, because as soon as the season ends, people, you know, are looking at what their quarterbacks are going to be demanding. And, you know, a lot of Miami fans were saying, should we move on from Tua? Because, you know, Tua's got Steinberg as an agent and he's going to want a top-tier quarterback contract. You know, Baker, to me, has earned a contract in the same way that, say, um, um Gino, Gino Smith um, Gino Smith did that in Seattle in a similar kind of contract probably you know second tier quarterback money in the 30 million range Oof, you know nice high 20s low low 30s 
and not a long-term deal, you know, one that the team can get out of if he doesn't continue. But, you know, that to me would be a perfect solution for both. I mean, he may want more uh, and try to go somewhere else and get more because quarterbacks yeah. are indeed in, in such demand. I mean, there is such a lack be. of quality starters, but he's in a situation where it, you know, they can improve around him if he takes a reasonable contract and, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they're a good they're a solid team. They need they need to do some rebuilding in places, but they're a solid team. With a, I mean, I really like Todd Bowles as a coach. He's not exciting at all, you know. But I think you the team you saw on the field was Todd Bowles. Steady, keep fighting, stay in games, you know. And and he gives he gives them a chance to win, um, which Kyle Trask wouldn't do. Yeah. Did anyone spot the what could have been incredibly stupid thing that the Lions did right at the end of the game? The Lions did? Mm-hmm. So if you watch the game, the Lions snapped you you were the say ball. Bowls. No, oh, the yeah. Lions snapped the ball on third down with 37 seconds left on the clock. Um, obviously, that is a mistake by Jared Goff that no one on the books team seemed to have noticed because they had a timeout. So if someone had been quick thinking and called a timeout, it would have been fourth down with 30 seconds left on the clock and they would have got the ball back within a score. Instead, they all just stood up and let the clock count down. Um, yeah. I don't know how much you need to be paying attention or what's going on upstairs, but surely someone should have shouted into a headset that they, that Jared Goff, whose fault it surely is, snapped the ball with 37 seconds left and a timeout. Why would you do that, Mike? Why is wasn't he... wasn't it a dead ball? No, he snapped it. So he snapped the no, ball. No, third wasn't, down. Was the that was the play? Wasn't that the play clock? Not no, the, no, the, the play clock was clock? at fourteen when he oh, snapped okay. it. So he snapped it way too early. So I can send you the pictures. Um, uh, no, no, uh, I mean, uh, the forensic analysis. Someone asked Bowles after the game. Uh, why he didn't call a timeout at that point. He, he just said there was no point in perpetuating it. Well, I, I don't think that that's quite true when... I think he said... I think there's an eight-point gap. Just, yeah. Yeah, lost cause, I think, is what he said. Well, uh, I think Mo, if you had said to, to anyone in the NFL playoffs, right, you're down a score, but you'll get the ball back, no timeouts with 30 seconds left on the clock, would you want the ball? Yeah, be surprised if any of them went. Ah, let's just take the L. <laughs> I got a holiday book for next week, but we're left with maybe, four. Kansas maybe he didn't want Baker to throw another pick. <laughs> Kansas at Baltimore, uh, Detroit Lions, San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to run through and then I'm going to tell you what the permutations of this shall be, gents. The Kansas City Chiefs eight to five, Baltimore Ravens one to two, 3.5 is the spread, 44.5 is the over under. The Detroit Lions at the San Francisco 49ers. Five to two about the lines. The 49ers are three to ten. The spread is now seven points. That's moved slightly up from 6.5, as has the KC one has changed slightly as well, from 2.5 to 3.5. And 50.5 is the current uh, over-under on that. In terms of the outrights for the Super Bowl winner, the San Francisco 49ers are five to four. The Ravens are six to four. The Kansas City Chiefs are four to one. And Detroit Lions are eight to one. If we move on to the Super Bowl, and this is from Vegas, not from Betfair, shall we say. If it was a 49ers-Ravens Super Bowl right now, the 49ers would be one and a half point favorites. 
If it was Lions at Ravens, Lions, sorry, Lions, Ravens, Super Bowl, the Ravens would be four and a half point uh, um, favorites. If the 49ers play the Chiefs, the 49ers will be three point favorites in that. And if it is Lions, Chiefs, the Chiefs will uh, be three point favorites in that. So not not a huge amount of. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little surprised San Francisco is still the you know, is still the top seed with, with the bookies after last week. Because I would, I thought the Ravens, I mean, obviously Houston was probably the, well, Tampa maybe, but, you know, Houston was not the biggest challenge. But the Ravens, I thought, played a pretty impressive game. Um, and people were saying, people look at the game and say, oh, well, you know, there was a tight, tight first half. They didn't play well. Houston never came close to scoring a touchdown in that game. You know, it, it was like the offense yeah, um, the, that game could just as easily have been thirty-four nothing as uh, or thirty-four-three as as thirty-four-ten, and that to me was 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 pretty impressive. But um, yeah, it's interesting that Kansas City was two and a half dogs to Baltimore to uh, Buffalo, and they're three and a half to. Uh, yeah, they're going about Baltimore. the hard way, and uh, let's start with them. So as I mentioned, Kansas City head to Baltimore eight to five, but the Chiefs. The Ravens won two, 3.5 spread, 44.5 is the over-under. This game is the 8 o'clock game on Sunday, which is good because it's probably the, the slightly more... They're both really good games, but the yeah. clash of Mahomes and Lamar kind of... It gives you one of them, John. You can't see me right now, but I'm doing a tantalizing <laughs> dance, doesn't it? Are you feeling like that? Are you shifting I know your people shoulders can move around? their shoulders like yeah. that. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Take that on the road. The audi- hopefully, the audience couldn't see. That. <laughs> yeah. Pure sex, Mike. It's pure sex. Yeah, this is an interesting yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah, I think if um, the director was smart, he would have cut to the um, laundry hanging up by, by the side. Of your, <laughs> That's your actually wardrobe. a dead body. Um, so <laughs> that doesn't don't surprise me either. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry. And this game, uh, this is interesting to me as like what stuck out to me last weekend for the Chiefs Bills game uh, obviously a lot of people were talking about the fact that it was Patrick Mahomes first ever away game first ever road game in the postseason and also it was just strange to me that you know it's a new like I could see why obviously but it's just unusual to have Patrick Mahomes as an underdog at this stage of the season too and uh, that's the situation once again he's on the road and he's an underdog which for one of the you know the best quarterbacks of the last five six years in the NFL or one of the better quarterbacks in the last few decades let's be honest it's a that's you know that's a tantalizing thing to back regardless of what the opposition is but it's hard to escape the feeling like I've said for weeks in my opinion that, that this Baltimore Ravens team is the best team in the NFL and uh you know this is high stakes football but I think this might be a bridge too far for for Kansas City for uh, yeah for the Chiefs their biggest problem this season has been their inability to kind of effectively stop the run. You've seen it all season. They're giving up, I'm just looking at the stats here, they're giving up 4.5 yards per carry all season. And that moved up slightly to 4.7 last week against the Bills. And that's going to be tricky when you're playing a team that run the ball as often, and not only as often, but as effectively as as Baltimore do. And Lamar Jackson is pretty much demonstrating why he is the sort of the seemingly the unanimous choice for the MVP this year as well. Look at how he played last week. He only he missed six throws, I think. I think it was 60 for 22, but it was more importantly the two touchdowns he ran in, 100 yards on the ground. So he can hit you in various aspects of the game as well. So I'm, I think it's hard to look past uh, the Ravens here at home. 
and I think they'll do it by more than. Did you say it's still three and a half handicap, Kieran? I think they could do it yeah. by more than three yeah, and a half. Yeah, yeah, three point well. five. I think it started out two point five. Fairly confident it was two point five, and now it's moved three point five. So yeah. So Support. the only thing I could, the only thing I can think of it's, it's difficult for me. Like instinctually, it's hard to bet against Mahomes as an underdog because that represents great value ninety nine percent of the time. But this is a very very good Baltimore Ravens team, and they're excellent at home too. Yeah, Mike, over to you. I mean, I suppose the big thing about the Ravens is. Well, we did talk about them in our in our preview show, but but I, I don't think we gave them the quite the big one that they've come to be. And in the even in the mid season show, we were like they're improving. They have genuinely got better as the year has gone on. Oh yeah, um, and that's that's partly the um, um, the the change in coordinators, which took a while, I think, just to sink in, and partly the fact that Zay Jones, the rookie. Um, took a little time to adjust and they took a little time to figure out how they wanted to use him. And they've lost, I mean, they lost Mark Andrews who might be back um, for this game, but Isaiah likely has gotten better as the season um, wore on. So, yeah, I think, I think it's trending upward for them. John's absolutely right. Excuse me about the run game. And, and the chiefs had a lot of trouble with the run game, um, you know, against Buffalo and, and the week before. Uh, and they also didn't didn't generate a lot of rush, which is always a problem against Baltimore because you don't want to rush. And to me, watching Baltimore in the first half of that game where they were 10-10 at the half with Houston, they were dropping Lamar back and then he was retreating further because they knew Houston was kind of packing to get some rush and to stop him and take away lanes. And so they were trying to get their receivers a bit downfield and see what would happen. And also that gives Lamar a chance to find an open lane. And at halftime, I tweeted and said, you know, my halftime plan would be short drops, quick passes to get, you know, while Houston, while Houston's trying to adjust, get in front of the linebackers or get behind them and let Lamar run designed runs. And that's literally exactly what they did when they came out in that first drive and made them, made them adjust. So for Kansas city, I think the problem will be spying Lamar, spying Lamar and taking away the receivers on the options. And, and to be honest, I love Zay flowers. Um, and he's really good. Likely has been very good at tight end. Odell Beckham doesn't require a whole lot of extra attention like he did, you know, a few years ago. And I'm I'm not knocking Odell Beckham, but you know he's come he's kind he's had a bad knee, uh, and he, he's just not uh, the number one receiver that that he used to be. So you can it's not that hard to shut off their pass game or to at least keep it under control, which then puts the onus on Lamar to run the ball. Um, and that's a problem for the Chiefs defense. Um, now, the interesting thing to me is, is everyone says Lamar is the MVP and he's great, but he's got more help in some ways than Mahomes does in Kansas City, say, or and maybe even than Josh Allen does in Buffalo. And this is the same matchup we had last week. It's it's you've got the quarterback who is a basically a run threat who can pass really well, as opposed to say Justin Fields, who doesn't pass as well, versus Mahomes, who's not really a run threat. He's a scrambler. 
Mahomes runs to keep plays alive and and get downfield, not runs to get yards. I mean, he does occasionally, but it's not it's not the the part of the game plan. He's more of a of, of a scrambler, and that's the that's the one impro- imponderable factor in this game. You know, can the Mahomes keep plays alive? Can he find Rashid Rice? Yeah, can Mal- can Valdez Scantling make two catches in one game <laughs> of more than like three yards? I mean, that's th- when was the last time that happened? You know, certainly yeah. not this season. Uh, yeah, I think that just to jump in I, as I like well. Baltimore in this. Yeah, I think and, the um, sorry, and I on. think I would. Yeah, I think I would probably give the points in this as well. Mm-hmm. Dude, just the one thing I was going to add on top of what you were you were talking about there, Mike, as well, is that it's almost a repeat in a sense uh, of the game that the Ravens played last week against Houston, just in the sense that CJ Stroud, who I know we're all big fans of on this show, he came into that game red hot. And as you said a moment ago, Mike, just, the, the Texans just couldn't really get their offense going. Now, a lot of that is down to the uh, the Baltimore secondary as well, who've just been tremendous all season. So they're, that's great. Big, they're great. And they're that's so a, tough. That's, they, a, that, and that's just a just... big problem for, like you were talking about yeah. getting Rashi Rice involved. You're talking about, you know, Valdez Scantling showing up to a game. Even in, even against a, a middling sort of NFL secondary, they've had problems doing that so far. You know, regardless of how good Patrick Mahomes is, it's just some. It's just the people he's throwing to aren't necessarily as effective as, as they've been over previous seasons, with the exception of Travis Kelsey. But uh, yeah, so I think that represents a big, big problem as well because, like so many games we've seen this season, it seems like the Chiefs' strength plays into the Ravens' defensive strength in this one, whereas. The Ravens' offensive strength, keeping the ball on the ground and punching holes, plays into a weakness of the Chiefs. So I think that's why the the uh, that coupled yeah. with the fact that they're at home just stacks the odds against the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. Yeah, Singletary's better than I mean, um, Pacheco's better than Singletary, and the Chiefs' line's better than the Houston line. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I think you're you're absolutely right there. And how many? I mean, John Hussey never met a visiting team he didn't hate. Um, and the and Houston had eleven penalties to three from for Baltimore, but seven of those were false starts, you know, um, encroachments, whatever. The, the noise was more than Houston could handle. I don't think the Chiefs will be bothered as much by that. Yeah. Well, speaking of flags, the Detroit Lions head to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, five to two about the lines. The 49ers are three to ten. Seven points is the spread. It's now a toddy. Fifty point five is the uh, over under. And John, we we I mentioned it because um, well, the lines are not. I mean, some would say they're a little dirty, I guess, but they don't mind a flag <laughs> or two in the game. I mean, that's kind of you play hard and you play on the lines, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yeah, I like see what you did there, Kieran. Uh, was there a question in there, or is there? A, yeah. um, think... Are they dirty? No, I guess the question is no, no, no. the Lions don't play dirty particularly. I can yeah, think I of know. lots of teams that you know stretch the rules more than the Lions do. And, uh, which which team was it that was they were talking? Oh, Tampa. Um, whoever the commentators were on, how soon we forget the commentators. <laughs> um, but they were talking about Jamel Dean being so good at holding the receiver and then letting go at just the right time. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's an art to that sort of stuff. Some teams, I suppose, are better at it than others. Uh, they yeah. can disguise a little bit better when they're effectively cheating, I suppose the term is. But okay. I mean, that's probably too strong a word to use. But uh, no. yeah, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, as they say. Who, uh, who was the most flagged team in the NFL in 2023? Is it the Detroit the Lions? No, no, it's not. No, the Raiders. 
It is uh, the Jets followed by the Cleveland Browns. Oh, right. <laughs> Two <laughs> historically <laughs> impressive franchises. <laughs> the line, the line, in fairness, 124 the Jets got. The Lions are down around 97. I think they are a little bit dirty. Put it that way. Because a lot of these Just flags talk. would be for... Well, mm. yeah. A lot of these flags would be for like what Mike says, you know, like false starts, encroachment, stuff that's... It's, it's a penalty, but it's not really a penalty. Whereas the Lions are... Like I think they're happy enough to take you out a bit, which well, some would say is not dirty. But anyway, we're off track. I do enjoy watching them play, and I did back them last weekend. So hey, what are you going to yeah, do? This, I'll give you win one, this one word. Though? A one word oh, key for this game. Yeah, Debo Samuel, <laughs> which we don't actually know. Yeah, uh, he's playing. Yeah, yeah. I would lean yeah. towards he's not playing based on he, what he has. They said yesterday, I believe. They said that his shoulder isn't broken. So they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a chance. But if you're like, if you're a few days removed for a game where they're not, still not sure if your shoulder's broken or not, I think that's probably a bad sign. Well, they're sure. They they're be... sure it's not broken, at least as yeah. far as the x ray can tell. It was a hairline. He suffered a hairline fracture mm-hmm. um, previously. Um, I, I would suspect it might be one of those. He'll give it a go and yeah. he'll last one series and then have to sit down again because it really doesn't matter if they lose a roster spot for him because they don't really have anyone to replace him anyway although Conley made a, one really good catch in that game um in the Debo role um but I think they're a different team without him even when they can prepare um because you can scheme you know around his loss but you can't make up for the explosiveness um that he brings to every almost every play that he has the ball in his hands. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw McCaffrey more lining up at wide receiver um, because he didn't wasn't very effective receiving out of the backfield when Debo was gone. And Elijah, but Elijah Mitchell hardly got on the field, even though you know, even though Debo was out. So, you know, the the key here to me is that San Francisco had a lot of trouble with Green Bay's offense and Detroit's offense is probably even better than Green Bay's. Their line is certainly better. They've got a lot of explosive players. Um, And, yeah, Goff's not as mobile as Love, but he's got a better, you know, he's got a better arm. He's he's played really well given, you know, given that limitation. So so that, to me, means San Francisco's got a problem. They're another team that's had trouble stopping the run in the last couple weeks. How much did... Um, Aaron Jones was over five yards a carry and over a hundred yards against them. Um, and you've got Jamar Gibbs and Montgomery. Um, I think this actually shapes up pretty well for Detroit, although I, I think in the end I'd probably go with San Francisco, but take Detroit with seven. Yeah, I, I think I think Detroit are worried about at seven as well. Um you know that Dio Samuel missed three regular season games, and they lost all three. So, yeah, you know, if he know if he if he is ruled out, that line probably moves a little bit. Although sometimes you'd be surprised how little stuff like that can move a line. Mm. Uh, because weight already... of money is 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 yeah. sometimes more important than injuries, shall we say? Would his questionable Trent status Williams be kind of baked into the odds already? I wonder. Yeah, I'd say I would say the 50 50 call is baked into the odds for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I think if they say, like, if we're recording this pod tomorrow and he's out, changes. I'd bit. say, I'd say it's still seven, John. I I, mm. I don't. Uh, 
Uh, well, it started at six and a half and then went up to seven. I would I would imagine it, I would be surprised it didn't go back down to six and a half. Mm, take the push, it, which yeah. is not much. I mean, it's significant, but it's not, you know, it's not much considering, considering his importance. Um, and considering if you had said at the start of the season, now I know the Lions were a team that everyone wanted to look, but obviously if you said, hey, the NFC Championship game is going to be the Lions, San Francisco 49ers, what do you think the line will be? I think most people would say 10, but it's not, it's seven. But yeah. will the Lions, and we're, we've already got one in the bag that says the Lions will cover and John, are the lines about to be mauled or will they cover? <laughs> You're welcome, world. That was a good one, Kieran. What a setup good there. Um, I think I don't know if they'll be mauled. Um, I think Rawr! I think the margin probably will be. I mean, I, I, that seven is a tricky one because I think it probably will be in or around there. You know, not not greatly above or not greatly below it, which I suppose is what the, the handicap suggests. But I just think the issue here is that both teams are good at putting points on the board which I suppose brings the over-under into play, which is a relatively high 50.5 this week. But I just think, you know, the Lions on the road haven't been as efficient at keeping the offense rolling. I mean, that's the, you know, you could say that for more than half the teams in the NFL, I suppose, taking the taking their teams on the road. But the um, San Francisco so far, I know just looking into the stats and the metrics, San Francisco lead the league in net yards per play, and that's at 1.6, which is, you know, it doesn't send that that much. But when Detroit are on the road, they actually have a negative yardage thing of yards per play, and that's minus 0.3, which again sounds like fine margins, but that sort of stuff adds up. And as well, the Lions, you know, they do, you talked at the top here, they do have a, a formidable defense and they've got like Aiden Hutchinson is a fantastic player and he's like, like you say, kind of Kieran, he's as tough as they come, that guy. I think he's a great player, a great defensive end who can, he can really cause Brock Purdy some some fits, I'd imagine. Country strong still, in college, John. Yeah, but they're, they're, they still give up a lot of yards, you know. Uh, two weeks ago, they gave up 7.7 .7 yards per play to the Rams and then last week to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they gave up 6.8 yards per play, which is kind of a worrying trend when you're coming up against Christian McCaffrey and potentially Debo Samuel. So we'll see what happens there. Like Detroit have a formidable offense of their own. They've got, I think they're fantastically set up for the next few seasons with a good young head coach and players like Gibbs and St. Brown and Sam Laporta and Jared Goff playing like pretty, you know, playing like a first picking the draft all of a sudden the last couple of years as well. So I think they're set up for more success in the future, but I just don't think it's going to come uh, this week. I think the the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl has been kind of written in the stars for a few weeks now. And it will take a massive effort from Detroit on the road to, uh, to stop that, I think. Their problem is going to be they lose Ben Johnson, um, the offensive coordinator, I, I expect, this season. And he, I thought he was, you know, just really brilliant um, against Tampa in the second half of that game uh, when they when they established their lead. And that and that'll be, you know, it's always a it's always a what do you call it a responsibility who who gets credit who gets blame, you know. And coordinators always kind of get the credit when the offense does well. But but that's one of Campbell's strengths, I think, is that you know it's clearly it's clearly. Um, it's clearly each coordinator's game and he tells them kind of what he wants, but he leaves it to them as to how they get it. You know, this team plays with a real consistency between offense and defense. Okay. But um, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, gents, that we expect to see a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. 
if there wasn't a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, where is this shock coming? Is it coming at San Fran or is it coming at Baltimore? I think the Chiefs have a better chance of beating the Ravens than the Lions do with the 49ers. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think the Chiefs winning would be a shock. The the Lions winning would be a shock. Okay. Um I will let you think about your best bets. I don't need to think about mine too much because I believe that I am now eliminated from the competition. Um, <laughs> which I cry foul of. Um but uh just to remind everyone that there is a special on the NFL uh, taking place this Sunday. It is the normal one, which is a bet five on uh bet builders and get a free bet. The terms and conditions for that are on this website. And they are cooking up some stuff for the Super Bowl, as you would expect. And that really brings me to our Super Bowl show, which, of course, will be coming in two weeks' time. And we'll have all the usual uh, team analysis, breakdown of the game, and, of course, uh, the novelty bets, which was is the favourite part of it. Don't mm-hmm. prompt him now, John Balf. Mike, who's playing the halftime show? What? Sorry? Who is playing the halftime show at this year's Super no Bowl? Idea. You've no, no idea. No. I'm not going to tell it? you. Uh, John, do you, do you actually know? Because I think we discussed this the other day. Do you remember? Do you remember? Not, is, it, is it Usher or something like that? It is, is it? Usher. It's, it's Usher? Usher. Okay. It's Usher. That would have been great in like 2008. Well, one of the Ushers? <laughs> They're going to get one of the stadium ushers to do the hat. It's Usher, actually Joe, you Usher Raven, star, star, of the, star of the hit 1999 film, The Faculty. Everyone knows that. Is he in The Faculty? He's that's a good. Movie. That's a good movie, actually. He plays one of the football players, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. um, what's his that? Fam, that's Famke Jensen, Jensen, right? It is. It is. That's uh, wow. I mean, we've really gone down a rabbit hole here, Jensen. <laughs> uh, but yes, Usher is, oh, is um, uh, a, Usher Raymond the Fort is his name, and um, I can see why he doesn't use the rest of it. I do I do think it's a bit of an odd pick, all right, John. Yeah, you would assume that he was oh my god, his Wikipedia page is like forever. Um what movie, other movies has he been in? It doesn't say. Well, who cares? Let's let's <laughs> recap last week's let's, let's Oh, he was in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Anyway, sorry, you go ahead, John. And Seven Heaven. Recap oh. last week's best bets performance. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not yeah. listening, but go ahead. Well, speaking speaking of Seventh Heaven, the person who's not in it, as Kieran already has informed you, um, Kieran had the over in the San Francisco Green Bay game, which was 50.5, and they combined for 45, sadly enough. Um, yeah. Wouldn't even make it if if Andrews Carlson had, or, um, had made, hadn't missed that last field goal. Uh, so Kieran is currently nine wins, nine losses, and a tie, a perfect 500. Uh, John Fine. had Houston-Baltimore under 43.5 and that was a rather bad beat because Jim Harbaugh didn't really need to take that last field goal um the final was 34 10 it was a 44 total so John I lost Austin by half a point now, yeah yeah that was 10 10 and 9 and for the second straight week I had a tight end going over the yardage it was Sam Laporta at 33 and a half and he just squeaked by with nine catches for 65 yards so I stand at 12 and 7 so it's 12 and 7 10 and 9 and nine, so it's nine over you won oh no so I can tie no you. no two weeks two weeks to go yeah. oh I don't think we count the Super Bowl really usually because we usually what? have to count the Super Bowl no because we usually declare a winner in the last episode of the season or we can't declare a winner well, so you can declare a winner winner now then and i won't have to worry who i so pick my, this my, week but, but um 
No, we will uh, We will declare the winner in the Super Bowl show. It, somehow a miracle happens. Maybe I should change the rules. This is a three-point. No, I can't, uh, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, did you know yeah, that Usher yeah, played yeah. Um, Mercenary Declare 1 and Under Siege the... 2? Pardon me? He played, uh, he played Mercenary 1 and Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Oh, okay, we're back to Usher. Now, what, what we should do is declare the winner so before angry. the Super Bowl, but make the Super Bowl worth three points. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. Um, but we got to get this week's one. This so, week, Mike, since yeah. you're such a... Oh, oh I'm Mike well, Carlton. I'm, I can't help it if I'm lucky. Yeah, Mr. Big Shot over um, here. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. Oh, as Bob, Dylan, as Bob Dylan sang. Well, you've got yours all set, so what is it, bro? <laughs> Mine <laughs> is over in the line San Francisco 49ers. I'm going back to the 49ers being... You're doing the over. Interesting. 50.5. It should go over. It should do, yeah. The two games on Sunday went over 50 points. Um, mm. uh, with the Lions obviously involved in one of those. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll go on the over. John, I'll let you go next because Mike is—I don't know—he's doing Sudoku. Or something. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I wish I'd actually looked a bit closer into the into the individual player ones. That's probably the way to go in this game. But uh, and now you got new glasses, you should be able to do that. <laughs> as it stands, though, as it stands, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Ravens to defeat the Chiefs by more than three point five points. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Well, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good um, individual ones. The the real temptation is Marquez Valdez Scantling to go over fourteen point five receiving, which for many receivers oh, yards would, be one, okay. yeah. would be one catch. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Gray is also good at over nine point five, but you know that's different. Um, the the most interesting ones are Jameer Gibbs to go over 47 and a half rushing and Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk to go under for me, 80.5 receiving. Um, so choosing between those, I think I'll take Jameer Gibbs to go over 47.5 rushing. That's interesting. Okay. Do you have that in front of Although you, Mike? Valdez yeah. Scanling. Valdez Scanling is such a good <laughs> I like that one too. Yeah. I like I, the one. only reason I don't take it is I have this vision of seeing the game and he's completely anonymous the whole game. And then all of a sudden he's 20 yards downfield. They throw him a ball and he's wide open and he drops it. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if I could survive, survive the shock of that. So um I'll be more serious. This this I mean. Valdez Scantling just seems like money in the bank. Um, but I'll go with Jamar Gibbs to be serious about it. Over 47.5 rushing. I wonder okay. what, I, I don't know if you have it in front of you there, guys, because I certainly don't. But I'd love to know what the uh, the total potential for Mark Andrews would be in the Ravens game. Because he might not might not even play, as we know. But if he does. Well, he's we still we still don't know. But he's, he was practicing last week. So, yeah. If he, but I wonder what the over saying, under yards total for him would be. So they don't, I don't think they have that up. But they do. He's 9 to 1 first touchdown. He's 21 to 10 any time touchdown. And he's just not in those proper yeah, he's not on the, markets. He's not, not on those the, ones. Neither, okay. just interesting. Because, neither is Isaiah Likely. Because Likely was, was one of the first people I looked for. Um, okay, to yeah. see what to see what line he was on because I thought if Andrews is there likely might get more throws um, mm -hmm. because they would have to concentrate on covering both tight ends. Um, I'm just looking at it's Travis Kelsey 25 plus receiving yards in each half is six to four. That's not I mean, bad. That's, 
it's basically one catch with the way Kelsey runs in terms of how far away from the line he usually gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that is it. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining. Hopefully those bets win. Uh, we will be back in two weeks' time where we'll be doing our Super Bowl show. Please do gamble responsibly and enjoy the games. Let's savour them because, of course, it's getting to the point now where we're not going to see much football until September. Uh, from John, from Mike, and from myself, thanks for listening. Back in two weeks for the Super Bowl show. Let's see who'll be there. Bye for now.